0: Good afternoon. My colleagues and I remain squarely focused on our dual mandate to promote maximum employment
1: and stable prices for the American people. As we
0: approach the end of the year, it's natural to look back on the progress that has been made toward our dual mandate objectives.
2: It's also natural to know that in history of full fiat monetary regimes, the masses get squeezed and the middle class vanishes as wealth inequality explodes between the currency creator classes and the average citizens who suffer underneath it. Regardless of what the Fiat Federal Reserve claims their dual mandate is, their job is essentially to keep the U.S. federal government in power to help make the business cycle less drastic, especially during financial crashes and severe recessions and to try and sustain nominal asset prices at levels that prevent our debt-based fiat monetary system from collapsing due to either failing confidence and or the sheer hard-to-pay-off weight of record debt levels that accompany our aging, entropic, still unipolar dominant fiat US dollar debt-based fiat financialized system. Onwards to Jerome Powell's latest rate hike pivot announcements this week.
0: Since early last year, the FOMC has significantly tightened the stance of monetary policy. We've raised our policy interest rate by five and a quarter percentage points, and have continued to reduce our securities holdings at a brisk pace. In our SCP, uh, FOMC participants wrote down their individual assessments of an appropriate path for the federal funds rate, based on what each participant judges to be the most likely scenario going forward. While participants do not view it as likely to be appropriate to raise interest rates further, neither do they want to take the possibility off the table. If the economy evolves as projected, the median participant projects that the appropriate level of the federal funds rate will be 4.6 percent at the end of 2024, 3.6 percent at the end of 2025, and 2.9 percent at the end of 2026, still above the median longer-term rate. These projections are not a committee decision or plan. If the economy does not evolve as projected, the path of policy will adjust as appropriate to foster our maximum employment and price stability goals.
2: Tavi Costa tweeted the following commentary, as well as this negative real yield chart, stating, The Fed's press conference from yesterday is likely to be remembered as one of the most important macro events of this decade. Any policymaker seriously committed to fighting inflation would never publicly announce an intention to start cutting interest rates before achieving their ambitious price stability target. Keep in mind, this dovish communication happened on the back of a core CPI still at 4%, with government spending exceeding 20% of GDP, rising deglobalization forces, widespread labor strikes, and an exceptionally supply constrained commodity market. Interestingly, this historic moment was also evident in the movement of real yields, which saw its most significant decline since the global financial crisis and the COVID recession. This reflects how, in such a highly leveraged economy with asset valuations reaching absurdly expensive levels, financial repression must always be reinstated, even if it means inflation remains higher than historical standards. Hard assets are imperative to navigate this next market cycle. So no, our modern growing record-sized US debt loads and the coming further ballooning structural deficits on promises increasingly coming due that we never saved for, they don't allow Jerome Powell to pretend that he is early 1980s Paul Volcker in this year, 2023. Our current system has been in a delayed slow motion fail mode since the 2008 global financial crisis, where we increasingly spend more than we bring in in ongoing tax receipts. Gold, silver, and many other inflation linked asset classes popped on the news of Powell's all but admitting rate cuts or coming pivot. Thus far in the 21st century, gold has performed strongly during the three prior rate cut cycles, with spot gold prices ramping up plus 66%, plus 189%, and up plus 50% in the prior three rate cut cycles past, respectively. Now, during those three specific rate cut eras past, the US stock market got quickly outpaced by gold's then gains. Add on the likely fact that a structural bear market in the fiat US dollar is likely to eventually coincide with this coming rate cut cycle, and both gold and silver are poised for good years of coming. Moving to specifically cover some of the building bullish fundamentals underlying silver's coming bull run, we'll turn to India to hear from industry spokesmen as they sound off on the growing case for silver bullion allocations now, not later.
3: Thank you so much for joining us at CNBC TV 18. Let's shift focus from gold to other precious metal, which is silver. And joining me now to talk about that is Michael Derenzio. he's Executive Director at the Silver Institute. Michael, hi, thank you so much for joining us. And silver is yet another metal which has seen strong gains in last one year. What's your sense on where is this all demand coming in from?
1: Well, the demand is really coming on the industrial side. We put out a report um, just this last month um, on the 15th talking about how we saw the market basis our April launch of the World Silver Survey. And, you know, we're happy to report that we think there's going to be another record demand for industrial silver uh, this year, taking it up to about 632 million ounces. And the key drivers obviously are uh, very strong investment in photovoltaics, power grid, and 5G network investments, as well as growth in consumer electronics and of course rising vehicle output with respect to electric and hybrid vehicles
3: Mm. uh michael last year was a good uh, deficit in case of silver and this year as well you have been uh, advocating or projecting one what is what the what is it that the street rally um, seems to be thriving on in sense of investments are you looking at a big number there in sense of deficit
1: yeah you know we had uh, uh, i think it was like 92 in 2021 over 250 million ounces uh, in 2022 and this year we're calling for another significant deficit of about 140 million ounces um It's a little bit lower, obviously, than 2022's all-time high, but it's still elevated by historical standards. And our consultants at Metals Focus firmly believe that this is going to continue for the foreseeable future.
3: So in that sense, Michael, how would you look at the prices going forward? I mean, we've seen a good 25% increase in the Indian markets for silver in the last year. What is it that the range that you're looking going forward?
1: Well, we think the average silver price is going to increase uh, by some six to eight percent this year on average to be about twenty three ten. But these last few weeks have been quite extraordinary for the precious metals complex with respect to to gold and and silver. I mean, we're looking at about twenty five dollars silver um, as we speak this morning. And like I mentioned, they've grown about eight percent year on year and we are further. In the camp that uh, this is going to continue into 2024 and we're very not only optimistic, but we're also very uh, happy about the strong fundamentals of the market and where that's going to take us with respect to the silver price um, next year. But we're happy we had an increase this year and we're looking forward to a very, very strong 2024.
3: All right. And how would you look at various factors and fundamentals impacting silver? I know gold-silver ratio is one way to look at it. But the safe way in buying that the gold has seen also has supported silver. The base metal prices have begun to pick up as well. And there's anticipation that the interest rate cuts in the next year could also be supportive. What are the fundamentals that you think are more important?
1: Well, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Look, We think that the U.S. Federal Reserve, for example, has, has not only paused, uh, interest rate increases for the remainder of this year, but we'll start in early 2024 to uh, uh, even cut or lower uh, these really, really high interest rates. Um, so we think that's going to be a boon for, uh, for silver down the road. We look at the dollar, uh, it's starting to lose some of its impact overseas, it's starting to lose a lot of its impact here, and you know, while inflation has been tamed to a certain degree, I think the average consumer of the United States is still feeling a pinch when it comes to the basics, uh, energy bills, food, gas, and whatever, um, home prices and so forth, are really going to uh, lead in favor to uh, to all precious metals and, and silver, of course. So again, we're very optimistic about that going forward. More on the coming
2: out performance of commodities and especially precious metals in physical bullion investment grade formats versus the U.S. stock market to come later in this week's bullion market update but next let's take a trip back in christmas past to 1990 and revisit why the internet was recently
4: aghast and
2: how cheap groceries were shown in a successful christmas comedy movie called home alone
4: all right a bunch of you guys have been asking me how much did kevin McAllister spend that day in comparison to today, and what would it cost if he was to go to the store today notice that 119 for the book or 115 for the other just nuts so how much has changed for half gallon. So how much did Kevin McAllister spend here in 1990 to a comparison to today, if you were to go to the store on November 26th, 2023? TV dinner, you got the Wonder Bread, the frozen mac and cheese, Saran Wrap, half gallon of milk, the Tide, half gallon of orange juice, Army Soldiers, Saran Wrap. You got the snuggle dryer I sheets. Good. I don't know, Oh, For the kids. <laughs> Hold on, I got a coupon for that. It was in the paper this morning. So a dollar off. Give yourself a $1, dollar, guys. 1983. 1983 to the day. So I broke it down. 450 for the orange juice. 450 for Saran Wrap. TV dinner couldn't find the exact same one, so we did five dollars for that one because it had the food on the side. 13 bucks for the Tide, three bucks for the Wonder Bread. $3.50 for the frozen Mac, $4.60 for the milk, you got $8.79 for the dryer sheets, you got eight bucks for the uh, toilet paper, and you got just shy nine bucks for the toy soldier. What does that come down to? The grand total is $63.73. Add on tax, $5.25. And they put that together, you get 68.99, rounded up a penny. So 68 bucks after your coupon today, guys. That's how much it cost in 2023.
2: You can press pause right here and stare at this average 1990 U.S. price sheet if you are interested in further data showing that typical prices for many important items have often more than threefolded since 1990 to now today in 2023. Most people's incomes have not kept up. This is the Fiat Federal Reserve's policy results by action over time whatever they claim their mandate is. Owning prudent allocations of physical bullion in your liquid net worth, that's one proven way to defend your wealth against this ongoing corrosion of purchasing power. Hello, this is James Anderson on behalf of SD Bullion. Smash the like button if you enjoy these bullion market updates. Subscribe to our channel here for weekly bullion market updates with exclusive bullion service offerings like this one.
4: The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of
2: 1987.
0: We're now down 43%. This could be the most serious recession in decades.
4: Protect your retirement with gold and silver IRAs. Learn more at stbullion.com. IRA.
2: Both silver and gold markets rallied on the Fiat Fed's all but rate cut 2024 pivot announcement this week. The spot silver price rose most in percentage terms to close at just under 24 an ounce bid. While the spot gold price again closed the week above the important building 2000 ounce support line, with a finish of the week near 2020 ounce bid. The spot gold silver ratio fell to 84 with silver's relative strength over gold. While spot prices in the West languished early on this week, it was interesting to note the massive premiums for physical gold and silver being paid in Shanghai, China. Note how the white lines illustrate that gold and silver prices in China did not fall all that far to start this week as bullion buyers continue coming and pounding the bid for more bullion. Turning to close this week, a few long-term charts to show just how severely overvalued the U.S. stock market is versus the rest of the world. And I'm not talking by a little. This chart going back to the start of this post-World War II global debt super cycle, likely which will come undone this decade and the next, We see that the current U.S. stock market bubble versus other global stock prices is now near 2.8 standard deviations beyond the mean red line of one that has been the persistent line of eventual gravity over time. Now, if we took a time machine back to the mid-1980s, by all means, buy U.S. stocks and hold them for the long run, do you think the same plan over the next coming decades will yield similar results from these elevated record high levels? This is an inverse chart valuing U.S. stocks currently versus emerging market stocks where most of the world's coming commodity bull market output is going to be coming from. Do you think they're not going to get their fair share in relative value returns? And this chart's going to move back towards the red line mean and likely spike again beyond perhaps a decade or more from now? Again, this coming rate cut cycle is likely the close of relative valuations gone berserk. fiat us dollar financialization as we move back towards a more multipolar world to come now this is the longest smp versus gold chart i have ever come across note that it's only updated through the end of covid stock market ramp at the end of the year 2020. of course over the last 200 years we've gotten better at mining more gold at less cost so the general slope upwards on this logarithmic chart makes total sense but if you look closely what you will find are wild swings over a few decades up and down over time. Often, the higher the bubble that U.S. stocks go into versus gold, the larger the dip that ultimately follows. At the moment, today it costs about 2.33 ounces of spot gold to get one share of the near nominal record high S&P 500. Yet, if we have a similar repeat of the 1970s bull for gold bullion, The eventual mania for gold could take its relative value versus S&P stocks to a potential tenfold outperformance from here to then, should history ultimately rhyme ahead. Silver is even nuttier. This is also the longest S&P versus silver chart I've ever come across. Note that it, too, is only updated to the end of COVID stock market ramp, the end of the year 2020. Now, at the moment, it costs about 198 ounces of spot silver to afford one share of the near nominal record high S&P 500 right now. Yet, if we have a similar repeat of the 1970s bull for silver bullion, the eventual mania for silver could take its relative value versus S&P stocks to a potential 20-fold outperformance from today till the eventual peak, should history ultimately rhyme in time. Of course, it could go further, but I'm just going to give you a conservative target of 20. Think of that. A mint tube of 20 ounces of silver being able to buy one share of the S&P 500. You might think that's extreme, but that's been the historical norm of US history. So what I'm suggesting, even though it sounds probably crazy to normies, what the Fiat Federal Reserve has done to our Fiat Financialized Markets, I would argue, has been the most extreme, and therefore the eventual backfire in real value terms will likely get crazier to the downside on this chart someday. That's going to be all for this week's SD Bullion Market Update. As always, to you out there, take great care of yourselves and those you love. If you enjoyed this video, hit the like button and share it with those you love. Subscribe to our channel and hit that alert button so you know when we publish new bullion market updates.